You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. Dr. Nader visited The Hague, Netherlands, during the week of the 4th International Ayurveda Congress, hosted in Leiden. Students gathered to hear Dr. Nader answer questions on a wide variety of topics. Are dreams in the second state of consciousness the total release of stress or also something else? Dreams, you know, can be stress release, obviously, and they are very purifying. So we need to go through dreaming to maintain a healthy physiology. That research has shown that if you interrupt the dreams of people, and there is a way to know when people are going to enter into dream stage and you prevent them from going into it, they really get very, very sick and they can die from it. So it's something very dangerous. That means the dream re-establishes the functioning of the physiology and therefore removes stress and balances the physiology. Now, the higher the state of consciousness, and it doesn't have to be all or none, one can be more close to cosmic consciousness than before, and therefore there is evolution in that sense. And the higher one reaches cosmic consciousness, God consciousness, unity consciousness, the more the dreams can also be of experiences of finer levels of existence. So one can have intuitive dreams, one can have refined perceptions during dreams, and they are not all stress release, but actually in that settled state of consciousness and sleep, if there is enough awareness or wakefulness, then one can have these values that are also the experience of finer levels of reality, you know, which can be celestial dreams or something. So dreams can also be experiences if there is enough inner awareness. So in cosmic consciousness, for example, dreams are not as much stress release, even though they can still be because you know, there is some fatigue and tiredness of the physical body just by functioning. It's a natural thing. It doesn't accumulate, it gets eliminated quickly, but some can remain uh, on the surface level, but they are eliminated immediately, you know, within a dream or within, you know, going through adjustment of physiological factors. And therefore, there can be a little bit of release of tension or adjustment during dream, even in cosmic consciousness. But mostly it will be experiences of finer levels of reality. So we go through this, and Marshi sometimes gave the correspondence between a dream state and enlightenment is like God consciousness. Because in God consciousness, what you experience is the self, of course, being already established in it, but you experience the outer value in the most wonderful way, that is God consciousness. You experience the beauty of creation, you experience the grandness of creation, that is in God consciousness. Now, if you're already in cosmic consciousness, what will you experience during dream? You would actually experience similar to God consciousness because you're experiencing the finer levels of reality. 
So you can compare like dream state to an, an enlightenment to God consciousness in a way. And even deep sleep, you know, what do you experience in cosmic consciousness when you are in deep sleep, when transcendence is there and you are awake, what do you experience? You experience just transcending. You don't experience anything else. And so it kind of looks like unity consciousness because all there is is yourself. And it's similar to transcendental state, but you're experiencing still a different state than just transcending. And so this is how you get comparison between even deep sleep and unity consciousness when you're in enlightenment and dream and God consciousness when you're in a state of enlightenment. Can a person in unity consciousness know anything that they want to know? They can generally know anything they want to know one at a time. So they have to focus on one thing and then they will know it. They can know it. But uh, they cannot know many things in the same time, which means if you want to know, let's say, where your friends are and you want to know what happened in the past and you want to know what's going to happen in the future and you want to know a few things or several things, you cannot know them at the same time. You have to say, I want to think about this one thing. And then if you put your attention on it, you can know it. And then if you put your attention on something else, you can know it. And, you know, sometimes you might not have access to it. Depends on how clear the situation is. But it's possible to ultimately, if one's attention is really focused and the desire is there, it is possible to know. But to know more things or all things at the same time is of a different level of consciousness. This is what we call Krishna consciousness usually. Krishna consciousness is that consciousness which knows everything at the same time, present, past, and future, and all of that. Is there a difference between unity and Brahman consciousness? It's a different name, <laughs> but it's the same thing. Brahmi Chetana, Brahman consciousness, means consciousness of totality. And what it really means is that you are able to experience the transcendental value plus the relative value and know the relative value to be also transcendental. So that means you know the relative and you know the absolute. So you see the relative, you see the absolute. The term Brahman means totality, means wholeness. And it's not like there is somebody called Brahman. It just means totality, wholeness. And anyone who experiences wholeness experiences Brahmi Chetana. And wholeness means relative and absolute. But the relative is seen in terms of absolute. Because in transcendental consciousness, there is no relative. You transcend. And that's why we call it transcendental consciousness. You just leave everything relative and you are in the transcendent. In unity consciousness, you have the transcendent, you have the relative, and you know the relative is also absolute in its essential nature. That's why we call it in English or in translation, unity consciousness, but it is the same. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.